Welcome back to another episode of the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast, where we want to apply Sunday morning learning into Monday morning living as we connect others to the love of Jesus and help them live on gospel mission. Gospel mission. My name is Ruth, and I am joined by my friend Josh, who I am excited to have here because he is someone's brain who I pick when it comes to a relationship with technology and when it comes to trying to submit areas of our life that are hard to submit to Jesus and the culture are not submitting to Jesus. And so I am really excited for you to tune in and get to hear our conversation about what God has been teaching us and ways that he's been challenging us uh, through the book of Daniel and the sermon series, The Test. And if you are not subscribed to this podcast, we just ask that you would subscribe so you get a notification every time we post a new podcast. I am excited for my friend Josh to give us a little recap. And so he's going to give us a recap on the text covered this morning so we can hop into what stuck out to us, what encouraged us, and what challenged us today. Josh, hit us with it. Great. Thanks, Ruth. So today we are in Daniel chapter two, and it starts out with King Nebuchadnezzar. He has a dream where he has a lot of symbolism and is just like really troubled by it because he just can't seem to understand what to make of that dream. So he consults some people around. He consults kind of like present day fortune tellers Mm -hmm. and some magicians and occult people to figure out this dream, but he won't tell it to them. So no one is able to figure it out. And King Nebuchadnezzar is really upset by this. He's really frustrated and angry and threatens the lives of everybody if no one figures out his dream. He really wants to know so badly that he can't even sleep. So eventually everyone's kind of like just going wild about it. They're really, you know, scared. Kind of flipping out. Flipping out, yes. And they seek out Daniel. They ask Daniel like, hey, can you figure out this dream? Like we can't and like if no one does, we're done. (laughs) Yes, everyone's dead. (laughs) Everyone's dead. No one wants that. So Daniel... In response to this hopeless situation, seemingly hopeless situation, he goes to his people and they pray together. They pray to God about the situation they're in and he goes to sleep. He's at peace and he's confident that God heard his prayer and he goes to sleep and in his rest, God gives him a vision of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream and tells him exactly what it is and Mm -hmm. Daniel knows what it means in great detail and he goes to the king and tells him the dream and gives all credit and glory to God for giving it to him. Um, And the king thinks very highly of Daniel afterwards and just, you know, promotes him to high status and Mm -hmm. is just like very happy that Daniel was able to interpret it. Mm, That is so good. And we're kind of having this framed conversation of looking at someone who was in a hopeless situation that was able to look to God and to seek him and then therefore receive the blessing of peace Mm -hmm. because he turned his heart to God. And we're recognizing that there's this dissonance in the lives of believers and in the lives of obviously all of our culture because oftentimes they just turn to things that make them feel more comfortable, things like food and things like technology, and they numb themselves to this reality. And so we're kind of hopping in. This is our second week of the test series. And so last week we challenged our friends to take very seriously their sugar intake to say we often emotionally eat or we just live on autopilot. And so Josh, tell me if you've been changing anything about your diet recently or in the past past year. Recently. So this year, Liam Gonzalez and I, we challenged each other to give something up for a whole year. Okay. Amazing. So this year, I... Honestly, the past few years, I've kind of been on a little health journey, Mm -hmm. just like a personal thing. But this year, I told myself, I'm not going to buy any junk food myself. Like, If my mom's birthday is happening and she has cake, then 
yeah, I'll eat it, but like I'm not going to go to Wawa and just Purchase buy some it. snacks. Yeah. yeah. So that's a challenge I made for myself this year. And it's been really eye-opening yeah. to see, you know, the different situations that can kind of prompt me if it's like a long day at work, how mm-hmm. I really want to go to Wawa and get a Reese cup. and Get a little Reese cup. <laughs> just a Reese cup. Just to eat my little feelings away. Yep. And I, it's so subtle. But now that I can't, I really recognize the mm-hmm. moments that I really want to do that. So, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I'm in a similar similar journey. I started my test kind of with the church. And the big things for me were purchasing fast food, either when I'm alone. Like buying fast food when I'm alone is like something I always feel convicted about to be like, I could just wait like 25 more minutes and go to my house and eat whatever to my fridge. And the other was like taking seriously sweets and coffee creamer. Mm-hmm. And so I drink a decent amount of coffee. And one of the areas in which I intake sugar a lot is in my coffee creamer. And like, we'll drink more coffee because it's sweet and it's like, it's just something to have. Yeah. And so I have been drinking either black coffee or just with milk this past week. And I've just noticed like, oh, like I enjoy this cup of coffee, but I don't enjoy it as much. And so like dealing with my relationship to coffee at the same time and saying, oh, wow, this is just areas that I would naturally intake sugar or we, one of my roommates who's a lot of us are in different food challenges in our house right now. And she also is not eating any sugar or anything. And she just put a plate of candy out. And we're like, get that out of here. No. Nobody can handle that. Like I do not have the emotional capacity at 11 p.m. for there to be just Reese's right. hanging out on the kitchen not table. Helping anybody. It's not helping anyone. <laughs> and so we just laugh about even how like situations with each other, mm. like going out, to a Bible study and there being cake or like you're in situations where sugar is there constantly. Yeah. And when you're trying to go away from it completely, it's just being able to say like, no, I'm comfortable not having dessert when everyone else has dessert. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable just drinking water when everyone else is drinking whatever else. Mm-hmm. Or I'm comfortable saying, hey, I could have that, but I also could not. And yep. that's also all right. Yeah. And so we kind of had a, a test rolled out today. Do you want to give us like a little overview of kind of what was challenged in the test today? Yes. So... In the sermon, kind of pointing to the hopeless situation that the people were in when, you know, their lives were threatened in the dream, it was connected to how in technology today, we often use it to distract, to numb ourselves, to just kind of remove us from what's in front of us um, in a lot of different situations. And I think it's so good that we are, you know, hitting these topics of sugar and technology and finances because they're so they can be subtle but more so they're so normal yeah. in our culture like no one thinks much of them it's just such a it's the way a lot of people live yeah so it's so awesome that we are addressing these normative things and yeah seeing you know the spiritual aspect and how it's actually like not that helpful in yeah. a lot of ways yeah yeah it's one of those we we laugh there's there's sins that feel above the surface where you're like everyone clearly from all religions can look and be like it's bad that you do A, B, C, and D. Yep. Like, it is bad. Like, nobody should be doing those things. Nobody should be killing people. Nobody should just be, like, living a hateful life. Like, that is not good. But our relationship to things that are just generically unhelpful and then move into dominating us, but it happens slowly. Like, Janet talked about last week, it's the frog being boiled. Like, that's what it feels like, our relationship to technology when you grew up in it. Like, both of us are 23, 24, 25, right? Yes. Like, we're in that age. We're in that age, right? So we didn't grow up with iPads, but very early on they were introduced. And Mm -hmm. so we're on the older age of the Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And 
so therefore we just it was normalized in our life we got laptops in college we have always had two to three devices on us yep. at all times it's all you know it's all we know and to say what does it mean that we're being formed by all that we know and god may be calling us to live differently mm-hmm. and so i want to hop right into that conversation to say what stuck out to you about the sermon and the encouragement from the book of daniel today yes so i was really really stuck out and encouraged me firstly daniel's response to his hopeless situation that in a situation where it seemed like things were really bad for them, he responded in prayer and not just prayer, but confident prayer. Like he knew that God heard his prayer and maybe even not certainly knowing what the outcome would be. He knows that the God of the universe hears him and is for him. And in that he can trust that whatever happens is in his will and he was able to rest easy. So Mm. that was really encouraging to just see Daniel's response there and just in our own lives, kind of taking that as a model yeah. that we can trust that when we bring things to God, we know that he hears them mm-hmm. and he responds perfectly. Yeah. So that was really encouraging to me. And also just knowing that God is pleased by our devotion to him and he's pleased by when we may set us ourselves apart for him and God being pleased may look different for everybody it doesn't necessarily mean that okay god is pleased so he's just going to give you what you want Mm -hmm. but just like knowing that you know once again god our father is pleased when we surrender to him in different ways yeah that's really encouraging for me yeah yeah i think what comes to mind is a passage from the sermon on the mount when it's done talking about worrying about all the things in our life whatever we're going to eat whatever we're going to drink whatever we're going to wear what's going to happen the next day. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And to say, setting our lives apart in eating, in how we spend our time, in how we interact with other people, and how we interact with our treasure. Yes. What it's saying is, I'm taking a, I'm prioritizing seeking first the kingdom of God and everything else being added to me Mm. after it. And I think what we see in the life of Daniel and Daniel's friends is a heaven-bound attitude that is seeking first God's kingdom, even when they're in a foreign land. Like yeah. we're told that we're in a foreign land, that we're in exile mm. right now. But in exile, in modern day Babylon, which me and you exist in, mm. we can say, hey, what changes my relationship to God? And how can I get rid of it, adjust it, or modify it mm. so that it does not distract from the person I'm supposed to be becoming yes. because I'm putting him ever before me? Yep. All right. I got to ask, because I got to ask about your journey. So when did your journey with technology really begin for you when you started questioning your relationship to technology? Yes. So it began for me a few years ago in, I'll backtrack to 2020. So I was like- Bring it back. 2020. And everyone remembers that year, COVID year and all the shutdowns and whatnot. But I was your typical technology consumed 20 year old. Mm -hmm. And- I was very much using it as a distraction in my life. At that point, I was pretty far from God. And I hit a point later in the year where I just reached my absolute low and Mm -hmm. just thought God hated me and I hated me. And (laughs) We were in unity in hating me. (laughs) I was convinced. And we I, got we got this right, me and you. We're yeah. getting, we do not like Josh. Yeah, that's where we're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> that is tough. Yeah, but that's where I was really thinking and thinking of that emotional atheism. You know, my thoughts towards God was mm. really changing what I believed about Him, and I was at a point of absolute hopelessness. And for some reason, I 
believe it was God. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah, put yeah. it on my heart. I was just like, I just need to unplug. And I I mean, my screen time was like 11 hours some days. Mm. Like, I would, like if you're sleeping eight hours, that's like almost your life. <laughs> 11 <laughs> yeah. hours. You're like, let's count them, everybody. One, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. It's It was a lot. And, you know, that's not even including like TV too. Yeah. So I. What, the device while you're watching another device. <laughs> yeah. Because that is, if you, if any of you watch Netflix with any of your family, it's like we are on our phones and watching TV and possibly doing something else. Yes. It's absolutely insane. Yep. <laughs> it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like, at that point, I just felt like I needed to break for 30 days. Mm -hmm. So I was committing. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this, really. I just feel like I need to do it. So I went 30 days. I deleted all my social media apps, and I didn't really know what was going to come from it, but yeah. I just did it. And it was the most life-changing month of my life. Yeah. Most importantly, was just kind of revitalizing my relationship with God yeah. was huge, but also just like recognizing how much I used technology to distract myself and to hide my mind from the thoughts I really needed to pay attention mm. to. And, you know, I was forced to sit down and like be alone in silence with my thoughts. Yeah. And to deal with you and have him deal with deal you. Deal with me, have God deal with me. Yes. And even, I mean, it was a huge change to go outside and walk in nature and see God's creation and not be on my phone. Mm -hmm. So that happened and it was life-changing and I got so much peace out of it. And afterwards, I kind of tried to go back and it's just like, no, it was just so much better. Yeah. <laughs> so just over the years, it's been like a constant kind of purging out and kind of reevaluating how I deal with technology. And at this point, I two like two years ago, I got rid of my smartphone and switched to a pretty basic phone. Yes. <laughs> then I don't really use socials. I don't use TV and I don't say any of this that it should be prescriptive and that it's yeah. rule for everybody. But I've just seen so much peace and just cutting out the distractions and it's been such a blessing to my life so yeah that is so good and i think it's helpful to recognize that there are options out there yeah. that if you are seeing sin in your life come from technology and you want to take that sin seriously and it may feel like oh my gosh i have nowhere to turn i want you to know there are people who can resource you with ways that they've turned to flip phones they've turned to josh and i both had purchased the light phone at a time we both laughed I think Josh can get away with being a bad communicator. I learned I could not in my life. So I've had to adjust other ways of navigating. Work. Things on your phone that you can do. You can lock up certain things on your phone if you don't have access to internet. Yep. So if you are sensing God calling you to take more seriously your relationship with technology and you're going to need some things that are going to block you, there's ways to do that. There are resources you can get. There are ways to make your phone less addictive, to make it more similar to a dumb phone. Yeah. And so that's important to recognize that, hey, Either technology owns you or you own technology. And most of us are owned by technology and not the other way around. Yep. And that can be that can be really scary. And so when we look at what we're avoiding, what are we most often avoiding in our like pursuit of technology? I think we're most often avoiding often areas where we feel like we lack control. Things that come up that are out of our control, things that may be fearful to us. The situations where we really have to trust in God and and um, even bring things to Him that are not enjoyable, yeah, those can all be means of you know causing us to turn to technology instead because it's so much easier. Yeah, I think it's the hard things. Yeah, really, just the hard things in life. You have something so easy in your pocket that you can just turn to. Yeah, I think that's a big that's a big 
push yeah. for it. Yeah. I was telling you that in my brain, there's this illustration of I am a young adult. I work with junior hires. I work with high school students and um, I even work with small kids. And when I look at an o- awkward situation where kids or youth or young adults are in, they'll just bring their phones out and it'll be like a binky to them, mm. more like a pacifier if you guys can use the word binky. And it's what they're using to self-soothe themselves so that they can engage if another person is not engaging with them, making them feel comfortable. Yeah. And so our relationship to our binkies or our pacifiers is recognizing we need something external to self-soothe us instead of us learning to ask God, hey, God, why do I feel uncomfortable right now? Mm. How can I invite God into what I'm experiencing? Or how can I not just be focused on me and my feelings, but to say, hey, what in this room does God want to minister to? Yeah. And that can be really scary. I'm, I'm talking, I think I'm a seventh grade girl. That's really scary. Yep. But to learn at such a young age, like God has something for these people. And am I looking for it? Am yes. I looking for him? Am I looking for who's lonely in this room, even if I'm feeling lonely? Mm. Can he strengthen me so I can look for eyes that are looking for eyes, looking for them, mm. even at a young age? And you're sitting in the lunchroom and you're saying, hey, someone in this room needs to be encouraged. Yes. But we have to be looking up. We can't be looking down to know who needs to be encouraged. We have right. to be looking up. And that's the invitation to, it. I think Ben said like, unplug to plug in. Like like when you think of like, you're in a situation, you have to unplug from your phone to plug into the people that are there. Yes. Because you're choosing to plug into something. You're choosing to be present to something, but are you choosing to be present to reality? Mm-hmm. And so when you started choosing to be present to reality, what do you feel like changed in your heart? A lot of change. I... First of all, I love that analogy with the pacifier. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's very helpful to look at things that way. Now you're going to look at, you're going to picture people with binkies in. <laughs> I promise. You'll start being embarrassed that you're putting a binky in your mouth. And I'm going to start asking people, how's your binky? Right. Have you put have you put your binky away? <laughs> it's going to cut deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever tried to de-binky a child? It's a freaking nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, no. Children are addicted. They're holding four binkies at one time going to bed. They have binkies on all their fingers. Yeah. And if they don't, they won't sleep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Ruth, I need the question again. No also. problem. We got distracted and that's on me. <laughs> that is totally on me. The question is, is what has changed in your heart as yes. you have kind of chosen to try to live a less distracted life? Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So a lot has changed. I feel so much peace, first of all, just having an undivided mind or less divided. I can't say my mind is just perfectly in place but like (laughs) it's so much better than it was it's really powerful i actually have a a story i wanted to share this was a few months after i started following christ uh, just a few years ago and i was at wawa it was the summertime and it was packed because it was like a beach weekend and everyone's getting their hoagies and whatnot so i'm there and the place is packed and i'm standing there and my life has taken this whole 180 where i used to live such an anxious life and now people tell me that i just seem so calm and unfazed and it's all from god and i'm standing at wawa just in line with a bunch of other people and this man comes up to me and is like you just look so at peace with life it's crazy and like i'm doing nothing different than i usually do yeah and at the time you know i'm like a new ish believer i'm Mm -hmm. like i don't know why he said that and as i reflected on it i'm like that's all god yeah like that's from his spirit it's the holy spirit permeating out of your life yes the holy spirit just pushing to have devotion complete devotion to him Mm -hmm. in my life and it shows and in a life where everyone is so anxious it's 
it's so prevalent where people, you know, can't sleep co- consistently yeah. and just are plagued by fear and anxiety. When yeah. you have a life and a mind that's undivided and has peace and yeah. is devoted to God, it's unique in the world we live in. It, yeah. It's really powerful. So yeah, I would say that was one huge change. I, I'm so thankful for God, to God for it because I just remember my life with anxiety and I'm so glad mm. I like no longer have to deal with it by the grace of God. Yeah. But also Pastor Brendan mentioned kind of pressing more into the people around you rather than, you know, being on Facebook looking yeah. at Susie from second grade and <laughs> seeing, you know, what she's doing. What is Susie up to? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Never gonna see Susie again, probably. But <laughs> not even praying for Susie, just curious. <laughs> yeah, just curious. But instead like using that energy that you're keeping up with other people and instead pressing into maybe like the two or three close people in your life and yeah. just devoting that energy to those who are like actually present in your life. I think it's been huge to, you know, really cultivate deeper relationships with the people mm. in my life has been really powerful. I don't think I've ever experienced such depth and relationship yeah. since the past few years where I've really weaned off from the keeping up with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a few. But. Yeah. No, that is so good. And that is like really encouraging to me to say like the testimony to the non-believing world is that we ought to not be anxious people mm-hmm. and anxious with the cares of the world. And the way we become anxious with the cares of the world is we're just feeding it. Yes. It's all we're eating. Right. Every time we're on social media, we're just eating the cares of the world. We're just look, li- listening to people complain or make jokes or make light of wickedness and brokenness and sadness and pain. And even doing it in funny ways. I, I love a meme. I think they're yeah, hilarious. They're great. Love a silly video. Oh my gosh, I live for a silly bit. But <laughs> all that does is it, I just put the binky in my mouth mm. and I say, I don't need to care about what God cares about right now. I just need to laugh. Yeah. Or I just need to emp- be empathized with this stranger that doesn't know me. Yeah. And I think we are kind of talking about a generational, but like my grandparents watch TV more than any other person I've ever met. Mm. And so like our generation's relation to technology may be different kinds of technology, but everyone's addicted. Yes. And so whether you are sitting at home worrying about when the show at 8 p.m. is going to come on on Fox Channel or you're worried about when CBS is going to come out with a new episode of Young Mm. Sheldon, like whatever that is, it's important for like, you can't just yell at one generation who's on their phone, but you are watching nine to 15 hours of TV. Right. And so I would just say like, we're asking everyone to evaluate the relationship, even if it's not your phone, mm-hmm. if it's TV, if it's news, if you're sitting and you're watching one news outlet and you're just eating that news outlet up and your your heart is changing because yeah. it's all you're thinking about mm-hmm. is like what is happening in the world. I promise you it's not making you more prayerful. No. And therefore, we have to adjust it. I, I'm not saying don't put your head in the sand, but you probably could read one newspaper, pray and read your Bible, and be as as informed as you need to be to live a faithful life to yes. Jesus. Does that feel fair? Yes, definitely fair. You'll still be relevant with what's keeping up yeah. in the world enough as you need to be. Yeah. But so much of that seems necessary it is isn't necessary. Yes. And it's, it's really helpful that you pointed that out and just, you know... I think it's it's good for just everyone to take a step back and look at their own life and see just like look at your time. Yeah. And see how it's divided and be honest. Like Yeah. Just be honest with where is your time devoted to and where yeah. is your attention devoted to? Yeah. And Pastor Brennan mentioned as well that these devices aren't just isolated, but they do influence us. Yeah. You know, how what we choose to put our eyes on and 
fill our minds with. They do influence us. Yeah. We are not immune at no. all. So it's really a really good and helpful thing to maybe just like write down, just like, yeah. what is my day looking like? And yeah. that could be very eye-opening and yeah. kind of analyzing. Yeah. And like, if you want to look at that really practically, I do this sometimes re- ret- retroactively. And so if I have a really stressful week, I'll write out everything that I did that week. So I'll write out to say like, hey, where did I, what went wrong? Because sometimes I'm overloaded with events and that just looks like, hey, like I have not taken time to exist in rest and renewal. Mm-hmm. I don't have a Sabbath this week or I don't have a time where I'm setting apart for God, where I'm being uh, rejuvenated by his presence and reminded that it's not about what we do. It's about who he is and, yeah. and our relationship to who he is. But it might be important for some people to say, hey, I'm shutting off the phone. I'm shutting off the TV. I'm, I'm putting it in the cupboard and write down after your first day, hey, what happened today? Yes. Who did I interact with? I mean, just taking little notes to say like, oh, I talked to someone I wouldn't have talked to at lunch because I would have typically just been eating my lunch and looking at my phone, but I looked up at lunch. There you go. And I asked someone a question to say, hey, how's your day? And, I, and me and Tom had a great conversation. Mm. Or me and Tom looked at me super weird because he was on his phone. And I, and I just encouraged Tom, like, hey, Tom, if you want to talk to me, like, I'm taking some time away from my phone because I realized that I'm not plugged into God. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in chit-chatting with me just a little bit today? And you get to tell a testimony about what God's yeah. done in your life as you're in progress. You're not even proclaiming to be good at it yet. Mm-hmm. You're just saying, man, I've been goofing up recently. And I'd love, I'd love some help. And so I think that's really important. And Josh, I would love to hear just some practical things that you want to challenge people with kind of in, in congruence with what, no, in joint with what Pastor Brendan has been encouraging people in taking technology kind of off their regiment for a portion of time. Yes. So my preferred practical <laughs> method is often cold turkey. Yeah, yeah. But cut, I recommend cut your legs off, cut your hands off. Cut it all Cut off. your ears off, cut now, your eyes off. Right away. Yeah, yeah. Get out. <laughs> yes. Urgent. But I recognize it's not, you know, the call for everybody. I really was blessed by doing a 30-day break from mm-hmm. social media. I Remember when I did it, I didn't deactivate everything, but I just deleted the apps from my phone mm-hmm. and I committed like 30 days. I'm going to just not use Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, and whatever else I fill out my mm-hmm. time with, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But there's that option, whether it be a week or maybe a certain day of the week. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great option to yeah. just set time aside where you would normally use it and instead not use it and just see you know what you go to instead or even plan out beforehand. Like, yeah. I'm going to go to this instead. I think that is a great way. The same applies for TV, I think. Really yeah. just like whatever you use in technology. and yeah. it's whatever your binky is. Whatever it is. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's so important to realize too that, you know, there are positive aspects of technology and, you know, yeah. it has great directions and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can not help you navigate. If you have like your own business, it may be really important for you to be on social media. So, yeah. you know, there's not... But know, even putting that in its proper place. Yes. To say you think... It might be this important, but to say, hey, what, how much time would you not waste for your business yep. if you posted and you set one hour a day when you did work on social media and then you didn't touch it? Yep. Like I would say, like, you have to recognize in which ways it owns you and you think you own it. Yeah. And the only way you're going to recognize that is by taking it off. So true. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to you know recognize the place it has in your life. And, you know, you think of, you know, idols and idolatry and it's putting something above God. Yeah. I'm just, you know, looking at these things and thinking like, all right, this may not be bad in and of itself, but what place is it taking up in my life? And is that healthy? So that's, that's really big. And one other thing I would say, attempt to 
attempt to do different things that you say, take a walk or have a meal, just like baby steps. If, you know, going the huge mile is too (laughs) too much, just take baby steps there. And I I think a great one that I hear a lot of Christians try and implement in their life is starting your mornings without using technology until you spent time with the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, some people like to do their Bible reading or spend yeah. time in prayer in the morning or even, you know, sing some songs in the yeah. morning. Whatever that looks like, just putting God first in your day, mm-hmm. it really directs the trajectory of your day and just sets your mind on the things of God before you even see the notification bubble that someone yeah. messaged you. Like even seeing that without even seeing the message, it's just like, oh, someone messaged me. Like, what do they have to say? And it just throws you off. So yeah. Just putting God first in a lot of different things, but especially your morning, Mm. I think is a great challenge that I'd encourage people to do. That's so good. Yeah. An author that I really enjoy talks about, he puts his phone to bed every single night. And so it lives in a desk that he doesn't go into until he's finished his full morning routine Mm. of praying and spending time with Jesus. And he then wakes his phone up to have to do the things that his phone needs to do. But he wanted his phone to be something he is parenting. Instead of his phone parenting him. Yep. And so I think that can be that can be really important. I think that's something I feel really challenged to do is to say, hey, after a certain period of time, there's no technology. And then that doesn't get reengaged mm-hmm. until I've done the things I think God's calling me to in living a life set apart for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, where my day is started by, hey, I just want, I want what you want. Yes. And I can't want what he wants when I want, when I care about what everyone else wants. Amen. And when I'm connected to my phone, that's all I'm worried about is like, Oh, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, what do I need? <laughs> you know, like, that's what we do in our heads. We're like, oh, I just gotta go help that person. I just gotta, I, I just wanna make sure they know that I'm at her. And I just, I just gotta, we do all these goofy things. And we talked about something that I, I can't not bring up as we kind of land this plane is that we need to care about the sin that technology produces. Yes. And me and you talked about like lust is something that people often think about when they think about the relationship to technology, but like you are jealous because of your engagement oftentimes in social media yes we are lazy we are covetousness we experience covetousness and it's important that we recognize how that's forming us yeah that like i know you talk about in your journey to be like i don't need to be worried about what Susie's doing or trying to keep up with Susie. yes because like Susie is in her community and i can bless the missionaries that are in Susie's community yep. it may not be who's in my community now right and i think that's important is there anything you want to add to that yes like just thinking of the verse, you know, where you're told, you know, something causes you to sin, you know, yeah. cut off your hand, pluck out your eye, whatever that may be. And it's like important, you know, you read in Proverbs how seriously the sluggard is talking yeah. about. And in many cases, phones and computers, television, it is. It makes us lazy. Yes. Makes us lazy. It wastes our time. And that is sin. Yeah. Laziness and being sluggish is sinful. Yeah. And, you know, you hear those verses, like you said, of cut something out and you may immediately think maybe like lust or deep hate or something, but (laughs) also like covetousness and laziness. It's just as bad as your preciousness and lust. If it's breeding that, then cut it out. Yeah. So I think it's important to, you know, look at that. Like what, like you said, what sin issues is this really festering up in my life aside from maybe the obvious one? And I think if you ask the Lord, you know, can you please reveal these blind spots to me? Yeah. Uh, that technology may be, you know, negatively affecting in my life. He will, I'm sure he will honor yeah. that prayer. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm positive. Yes, yeah. absolutely positive. Yeah, that's so good. Well, whether your binky is gaming or whether your binky is your phone or whether your binky is that TV or that news outlet, uh, we'd encourage you to practice self-control 
and ask that the Holy Spirit would grow self-control as you put that binky to the side and you trust that you can look up and find God, seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and rejoice in his heart for us. Mm. Man, I need you to pray us out so we can pray for our friends as they grow in self-control. Yes, I would love to. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for your word and just the lessons we can learn from the book of Daniel. I've been so encouraged just going through the beginning of this book, Lord. I thank you, God, for your protection, God. I thank you, Lord, that devotion to you, Lord, however that may look, is so worth it, God, that putting lesser things aside for greater gain is so worth it, God. Mm. And I pray, Lord, that following this sermon, Lord, following this podcast, that you, through your spirit, may push us to respond, Lord, to not just think, but respond, Lord, to how food or technology or finances may be idolatrous in our lives, God. I mm. pray, Lord, that you may show us the blind spots in our lives, show us the sin that it may be festering up in our lives, show us the time, how it could be better used, Lord. I thank you, God, that you honor these prayers, Lord, and that we can trust in you, Lord. I thank you for bringing us out of sin so that we, mm. we may even have the desire to want to honor you with our time. Yes, that only comes from you, Lord. It's not from us, Lord. We thank you and praise you for this. We thank you for this sermon series, Lord. We thank you for Pastor Brennan just hitting on these topics that need to be addressed, Lord. We thank you for you and your spirit that empowers us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Ah, What a joy, brother. You guys have an awesome rest of your week. And if you're not subscribed or you want to share this with a friend, it'd be a blessing uh, to the ministry of this podcast. Have an awesome rest of your week.